2: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs. And on today's episode of Locked On Dolphins, we're taking an early peek at the 2022 free agent class of current members of Miami Dolphins and talking about what financial decisions based off the play that's been on the field thus far this season we should be hoping to see the Dolphins make amid an expanding salary cap and what is projected to be the number one amount of spending power in the NFL in 2022.
1: You are locked on Dolphins your daily Miami Dolphins podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On. Dolphins, today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen of the day. And listen, first things first today, if you are looking for some Miami Dolphins content to make your first watch of the day, I have an excellent opportunity for each and every one of you, uh, the man's name is Coach Vass. And Coach Vass, for a really long time, has been one of my favorite outlets for uh, consuming defensive related content. Coach Vass, number of different collegiate and high school uh, coaching stops. He's very well plugged in, uh, he's got great insight on a lot of NFL playbooks. Uh, Throughout the course of his tenure uh, in the media realm and podcasting, he's had guys like Wade Phillips on the show, uh, Dean Pease on the show. So his his insight to defensive football is invaluable. And Coach Vass hit me up yesterday, midday, and he said, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to break down the all 22 of the Dolphins' defensive game plan against the Ravens, and I would love to have you on. I'll talk the scheme specifics. And you talk about the players. He said, yeah, you know, why not? Well, let's get together. Let's link this thing up. I'm going to make sure I drop a link in the description to today's show, to this video. But it is two hours and 48 minutes of Coach Vass working through the defensive schemes, the run fits, the simulated pressures, the uh, plus one on the line of scrimmage, and just if you are a Dolphins fan and you want to understand the deeper nuances of this defensive system, and you want to understand this defense, the ideologies that they're implementing, this is content for you. It was a phenomenal time. Coach was very gracious with his platform and very gracious with his time. So I want to make sure each and every one of you listening to this show, if you're interested in something like that, the link is going to be in the description. You can also search Coach Vass, V-A-S-S, on YouTube. And the title is, The Miami Dolphins splits the Baltimore Ravens into Oblivion. And uh, please feel free to check it out because it is well worth your time. I learned a lot. And if <laughs> if Coach Vass were to break them down every week, I'd probably walk away with 10 new bullet points of things that I would learn every time I listen to him talk. So, i to put that on your radar because that's how I spent my night last night. And um, getting into today now, we're shifting gears and we're going to focus. And and this was kind of a catalyst for me because I'm continuing to watch Emmanuel Agba play at a very high level. And re-watching the All-22, but watching it with somebody else and seeing the execution that he has um, put into play kind of inspired me to talk about some of these contracts. Because ultimately, the last 15 minutes or so of this conversation that we had with, with Coach Fast last night was dedicated towards um, team building. And the conversation of the quote-unquote Patriot way and paying edge rushers came up. And he made the, the great point that New England, and we've, we've talked about this on the show, New England historically has not paid their pass rushers. They're going to pay their star unicorn linebacker. They're going to pay corners. They're going to pay their safeties, but they by and large, whether it's was Chandler Jones who actually left and found success elsewhere with the Arizona Cardinals and and has been arguably better with Arizona than he was in new England or guys like Trey flowers who left in free agency and got 18 and a half million to go play in Detroit Or uh, Jamie Collins, who left a number of times, they typically don't drop the bag and pay their pass rushers a second contract because the entire league does that, right? And from a team-building perspective, your asset allocation, uh, if you're going to pay top dollar for a pass rusher, I mean, these days, it's $20 million per season. And... If that's the ballpark that Emmanuel Agba is expecting himself to land in, then I do get a little worried. But his play on the field is warranting whatever is fair market price for him because his play on the field has continued to be phenomenal. He missed two near sacks against Lamar on Thursday night. He's on pace to equal his sack output from last year. He's top 10 in the NFL in pressures created. He's long. His presence on the boundary, especially with what the Dolphins did or have done the last couple of weeks to kind of manipulate the blocking fronts, uh, have produced a lot of batted passes at the line of scrimmage, a lot of disrupted throwing lanes in the quick game. The impact that he has, it's it's every other possession. Emmanuel Agba is making a significant play. Not to mention he was very good against the run against Baltimore. He kicked Tyree Phillips' ass all night long. That right tackle that they had out there in Baltimore. Granted, Tyree Phillips probably in a perfect world is not playing right tackle. But Agba has been a strong presence in just about every game that the Dolphins have played this season. And the question is, and I know Drew Rosenhaus apparently talked somewhere recently, and he represents Emmanuel and said, you know, it talks of an extension are ongoing with the team and I hope one gets done because what you can't do and we didn't really get into this last night with coach fast, but this is a belief that I have. You can't Xerox or copy verbatim or exactly whatever ideology worked somewhere else and expect the exact same results. And I I think about the quote unquote Patriot way, right? And we're having this conversation because Bill Belichick is off, uh, has Brian Flores off of his coaching tree And, and Bill or Brian Flores has a pretty significant hand in, in a lot of the direction from a personnel standpoint, which is also a Patriot way type thing. And then I look over in Detroit with what happened with Matt Patricia and they tried to Xerox and create the exact same environment now they bended by signing Trey Flowers to a big big dollar contract but they went out and they were searching for the next Donta Hightower and they drafted Jelani Tavai in the top 50 when you looked at his skill set and you looked at his tape, and you're like, "This this dude's not a top 100 player," and they drafted him at 43 or whatever, just because they needed Donta Hightower 2.0. Well, guess what? If you're drafting somebody to be the next somebody, you're setting them up for failure right off the jump. And the parallel here is if Miami does not retain Emmanuel Agba because the guidelines of team building according to their ideology as defined by the way the patriots have done business for 20 years is you don't pay defensive ends you keep those guys on rookie contracts you understand that your system does manufacture and scheme pressures that's a tough way to make a living and i would imagine that's probably a pretty good way to make sure that the first half of every season that you play is going to have growing pains. And I don't think this team is in a position to absorb growing pains on an annual basis in September and early October. Look, I mean, look at Javon Holland. Javon Holland has been a star for the past month. It's been an absolute stud, but for the first month, he was a part-time player. And the next month, they played very vanilla defense, despite the fact that he had transitioned into a starting role. Because there's an onboarding process to to get him up to speed with everything that you're trying to do. And let's not act like Miami doesn't have. You know, they teach, and this was a point that Coach Fast made yesterday, and he made it when he did about two hours on on the Patriots' five-zero pressure package back from 2018 and Super Bowl run. And they teach their sub package stuff. X is on a chalkboard. There's not defensive tackle, defensive and inside line. No, they teach you the concept and you have to learn all the spots on the concept because depending on the personnel groupings, you might be walked up and in a two point stance and mugged on a guard in the a gap on one play. And then, you know, the next personnel grouping, you might be the outside, the guy coming off the outside. So paying Emmanuel Agba for me, it feels like a no-brainer. You want to reward guys that come into your system and buy into your program, buy into what you are selling as a player, and then proceed to thrive and have career years because of it much like drafting guys that you want to reward guys who you draft. And I know this has been a hard hardship for Miami for a while, where you look at some of these guys, it's like, well, shit, where are we just like a farm team for others to develop some of these talents and then let them walk and not pay them. So the financials for Agba are probably going to be scary. I I was hoping for, 15, 16 a year, it's probably going to roll in over that. But the thing that you have to remember is this year, the salary cap is $179 million or $181 million, whatever it is, it's right around $180 million. The NFL and the NFLPA have already greenlit a ceiling, a cap ceiling for 2022 of two hundred and nine million dollars so you're talking about an expansion on the cap potentially up to 30 million dollars more than what it is this year and you start doing the math will fuller's coming off the books thank goodness how much how quickly that tone (laughs) changed over the course of the last couple of months uh jacoby brissett is coming off the books those two guys combined is $16 million you freed up. So you could bid farewell to Will Fuller and Jacoby Brissett. And that's almost going to cover that cost for that first contract. And if you're extending Mike Gusecki as well, Gusecki is going to be cheaper than those two guys leaving. And now you're still plus 30 million. Plus the way you've structured your, your current spending is going to be more friendly too. paying Agba is something I think needs to happen. He's earned that extension and his play is kind of one of the hallmarks of, you know, if you buy into what we're selling, this is what happens. But don't, I think the sticker, uh, cost is only going to continue to go up from here. Dolphins fans, listen, there's an incredible app for everyone who buys gas that they need to know about. It's called Get Upside. Listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill. Up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. There's no cash. Cash is added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card, such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN.
0: Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. and you can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, we
2: kind of teased the next guys in line, right? <laughs> we talked about Will Fuller. There's no way I'm signing Will Fuller back. I'm sorry. You know, I was really excited about his addition uh, in the summer and said, you know, this might be somebody who can take the Devont- the Devante Parker role in this offense. If this is the style of offense that they are going to build, but wills season has been about as nightmarish as you can draw up. And this has generally been his MO his entire time in Houston. Very good football player. Availability is a problem. Well, he's at the point now where he's effectively just stealing money from Miami for lack of production and lack of availability. And he's been on IR for twice the minimum amount because of whatever hand issue he's had that he suffered against the Colts. Uh, there was a game suspension in there, a game for personal issues. So um, unless you're going to tell me he's signing on like a vet minimum deal, and even then, like I still wouldn't be relying on him. I would still have to go out and get other people. And, and Will's not going to sign for that, so that's fine. He can he can go play somewhere else, and he'll probably get uh, a Juju Smith Schuster type deal uh, with first six or seven million dollars next off season because Juju you know, struggled with market in free agency this year and signed a one year seven million dollar deal to go back to Pittsburgh, turned down more money uh, with Kansas City and Baltimore, I believe, and chose to just go back. And Will can make that decision for himself. Uh, But I think we've all kind of agreed that enough is enough for these wide receivers that just cannot stay on the field, especially when you consider the dollar amount that's being paid to them. Uh, The investment that's been made in them. It's just not worth it. Jacoby Brissett. uh, I appreciate the toughness that he plays with. I, I appreciate his experience at the backup quarterback position But I think we've all kind of seen he is a limited player. Uh, His release timing, his anticipation, his accuracy, the lack of athleticism. Big, strong guy can shrug guys off, and he's mobile enough where he can at least get off his spot, but he can't really throw reliably on the move. I think we've seen enough to agree, if we're going to spend $5 million, let's spend it somewhere else. And that's what Jacoby got this offseason for Miami. Uh, So I'm not advocating for him coming back. Albert Wilson, I think, you know, just at this point in his career, he's obviously struggled to make the impact after a really exciting uh, training camp to kind of get some juice and excitement going for him. If you told me you could get him back for what he's getting this year or less, which is $3 million as as a cap hit, I wouldn't hate it. You know, if you don't want to say, Hey, we're going to remake the entire wide receiver room. We're going to go out. We're going to sign six new guys to come in here and reshape this with Jalen Waddell and potentially a rookie. And that's gonna be our our plan of attack for the wide receiver position yet again. If you say we don't wanna do that, which I would understand why, and you can get Albert Wilson on a, a respectable deal like that, I would rather pay Albert Wilson three million dollars than pay Alan Hearns two and a half or whatever he's getting, two. It's just not a very good use to, you know, Alan Hearns hasn't snapped for Miami in two years now. I think what ends up happening with the coaching staff and uh, the GM position is obviously going to be a big indicator for a lot of this, but these next two guys are very much unquote" Patriots tree guys with Elan and Robertson, and Justin Coleman, Coleman's quietly flipped the switch. And played some pretty solid football over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he was somebody who you thought was going to come in and push Nick Needham. That didn't really happen. Um, at least early on, it, it was kind of became apparent that Nick's kind of your best option everywhere else. But I do think Coleman's a little bit more physical without being so grabby, and I thought that really shined in the Baltimore showcase because Miami played off. And when they played off, it allowed him to trigger an attack and attack blockers on the point. And they kind of dared these wide receivers as again. This was a talking point that I went through with Coach Fass on the video last night. Uh, they they kind of dared the wide receivers to to handle their physicality outside. And I thought Coleman showed really well in that regard. he's getting he's getting paid two and a quarter million dollars. I could think of a lot worse DBs getting equal money. To Justin Coleman. So if the system makes sense, you're going to run back the system and and, and the coaching staff and the terminology. Yeah, you know you can bring Justin Coleman back; that'd be fine. As far as Elandon Roberts, the thing that's weird about Elandon is his pay is checking in just under two million dollars. Right, so it's not even like he's getting starting linebacker money, but he's in a starting linebacker role. So if you can get a young guy, a guy in on a rookie deal to take that role, Roberts, I would love to see Roberts continue to stick around because he's he is a, a prominent voice and leader. And from a teams special teams perspective, you no, know, that's originally kind of where he cut his teeth in New England would love to see him in that role and as a depth player, just not as a starter who's playing 50 plus percent of the snaps for the defense. And he's, he's, this isn't a relatively economic spend opportunity with under $2 million for his cap hit. So I think there's a good opportunity there to, to continue to make this relationship work. I just think we have to be honest about what his ideal role is. Meanwhile, the ideal role of uh, built bars is living in my stomach at all times. Built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They got 100% chocolate on all their bars, and they are absolutely positively delicious. So, whether you're looking for something to grab and go, a midnight snack, a meal replacement, post workout, keto friendly, you name it, built bar can be it. right now. You can visit Billbar.com, use promo code lock15 and save 15% off your next order. That's Billbar.com promo code lock15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Our friends at Bet Online are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this fall. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And it is where the game starts. Without getting too far down the rabbit hole here into you know restricted free agents and things of the sort. I think it's worth mentioning tight end Mike Gusecki. This is going to speak for itself. Pay the man. Pay the man. And here's why. From a financial perspective, even if Mike Gusecki gets a top five salary at the tight end position on an annual basis. What that translates to is probably $13 million per season. That's a strong amount of money. It's a strong investment to make, but relative to what wide receivers are getting, and that's what Mike is. Like, let's be honest, Mike is a big slot wide receiver that has enough versatility to at least respectably put his hand in the ground from time to time and play physically within the box. That's what Mike is. And granted, his production's not gonna be in line with top wide receivers, but top wide receivers are getting 20 million. So, if you can get a guy that's at the top of his food chain and he's a receiving threat, and you're going to get it for $7 million less than what the top of the food chain is for the other bucket that he is pseudo plugged into, that makes sense. In the same way that there's a value proposition with spending for a high level, Defensive end, which we talked about earlier and how that's a a potential barrier because the spend opportunity cost is a lot of significant dollars not spent elsewhere on your team. Spending for a high-level tight end is the other side of the coin. It is the equivalent of paying your unicorn inside linebacker or a high-level safety. So in a weird, kind of ironic, roundabout way, we're going to use the Patriots bumper system and building guidelines to advocate Mike Gusecki. So extending Mike Kaseki is a very Patriots way of building a roster-esque way to do it because it is a non-traditional premium position that you have a really high-level performer at that his addition is is not going to preclude you uh from having dollars to spend elsewhere now of course the shoe is on the other side of 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 the is on the other foot here with the Emmanuel Agba argument where we're arguing you you can't let those guidelines prevent you from maintaining uh, a really high level player who you've brought in and is a central piece of what you do so it's not like you can use the guidelines or swear off the guidelines the end of the day, these two contracts specifically should be about one simple thing. Retain your good football players and make the numbers work elsewhere. The Dolphins have ample flexibility to make that happen, which is why both of these guys, we already know this. It's just a question of if the Dolphins are going to get around to it proactively. They're running out of time before these decisions have to be made. Mike Gusecki may be destined for a franchise tag, which that's also a a reasonable bridge for them to build if they don't feel that they're ready to make the long-term commitment yet. We shall see, but I have long-term commitments. I'm on dad duty this morning, so I got to roll out of here. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you guys make it a great Wednesday. We'll talk with you tomorrow. Crossover Thursday, New York Jets. Jets hate week continuing here on Locked on Dolphins.